a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another Fly Racing Racer X podcast show. I'm Steve Mathis. Got Ernesto Fonseca on the line. Yeah, catching up with Ernie. A uh, real good guy. Uh, obviously, his career was cut short with an injury, but uh, he's still doing a lot of cool things, as you'll hear in this podcast. Man, what a career he had, whether it was uh, Yamaha Troy or Factory Honda. Ernie had some solid results. So please uh, take a listen to this podcast, and I-, I thank you guys. Fly Racing, flyracing.com, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Justin Bogle, just a few of the racers that are using Fly Racing. The Formula Helmet is out now. FR5 boot, it's a mid-level boot for them developed this year uh, at the at the at the price point that it's at you'll uh, it'll be tough to beat so please check out the FR5 uh, also presented by Maxis Alpine Stars and Slick Wash Slick Wash code is Steve uh, 20% off any uh, Slick Wash kit that they have um, Monster Energy Pro Circuit uses Slick Wash so uh, please check them out. Alpine Stars, uh, the Bionic Neck Support System, the Tech 10 boot, the Tech 7 boot, the A4 chest protector. You know the name. You know the, the standard or quality that they have over there in Italy. Alpine Stars, uh, trust them for all your protection needs. And finally, Maxis. Maxis Tires, man. MXST, developed by the King, Jeremy McGrath. AJ Cantanzaro is using Maxis out there in Supercross this year, so you know they're good. He's made some main events. Mountain bike tires, light truck tires, trailer tires, MXST Tires for your dirt bike. Think of Maxis uh, when you're time to buy some tires for anything. Um, so thanks to those companies for making this podcast happen. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Ernie. Uh, and uh, really interested to catch up to him and uh, see what's going on with him. So without further ado, let's bring in one Mr. Ernesto Fonseca for a podcast about uh, what he's doing now and look back at his career a little bit. So thanks for listening. And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, 125 Supercross champion, 450 Supercross podium finisher many, 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 many times. Former factory Honda racer, Ernesto Fonseca. Ernie, what's up, man? How are you? Thank you very much for doing this. Oh, no problem. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. And, uh, yeah, everything's great, man. I can't complain. You know, just uh, exercising a little and uh, doing some wheelchair racing and, you know, just... uh, Enjoying life, man. That's uh, that's kind of what takes up most of my time. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. Good to hear your voice, and I'm glad you're doing well. Um, look, you're 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 an athlete uh, for 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 so long. How's the wheelchair racing going? How are you doing in that? How is that? Um, does it stoke your competitive fire? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it it started five years ago. I you know after. After my injury and and all with all that stuff, it was uh, I never really thought I I would I would get back into racing, you know, because 
Supercross and motocross is is quite stressful, and um, I think you know it's um, it's a little tying if you you know if, if you do it at the level that that uh, that uh, us you know that we that yeah. us racers did it, but um, yeah, so I just started doing that you know for for fun, and actually uh, I um, hung with with David Bailey a little bit and got some of his advice and mm-hmm. help and. Uh, you know, now I'm just fully, fully um, in it. I, I, you know, I train five days a week, and uh, that's kind of, you know, it's it's pretty much uh, what uh, what my life is around. So um, I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I get to travel and go to different places, and mm-hmm. a little bit similar, you know, uh, um, similar to to what we did, just not as uh, not as stressful, and and uh, and I guess uh, you know it's. Yeah, but but it's fun. I like it. That's yep. kind of what I've been doing. Will you do the uh, triathlon stuff too? Is that what you're doing, or is it just the racing? Yeah, no. Um, for the most part, now just wheelchair racing. Just because triathlon. I mean, I I did it just just kind of like to see if, if if I was able to do it, and and I liked it and stuff too. But it's just yep. way too much lo- logistics that that go with it. You know, <laughs> if I go to a race, I have to bring two vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my own my own daily chair and then a bicycle, a racing chair, mm-hmm. a wetsuit, somebody that help that ha- that has to help because I don't sweat. So it's like way too much stuff going on. And then the competition is not really a whole bunch. So, okay. It's not, a, it's not as fun. Cause you know, it gets to a time where you're just doing, doing the races, but then you're just racing against yourself. So it, it kind of gets boring a little bit. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Um, are you any good at it? Are you doing well at it? Are you excelling? I mean, like I said, you're, <laughs> You have a, you have a drive as a former athlete, so I, I would think you're probably pretty good. Well, you know, I uh, I wouldn't say I'm I am I'm the, I'm like really bad at it, but I'm not the best. You know, it's okay. kind of funny because uh, similar to similar to, uh, to to Supercross and motocross racing, you know, I wasn't the best, but I wasn't the worst. So I'm yeah. kind of like I'm working <laughs> working to get working to get better, but. Uh, yeah, right now, you know, there is, I would say, probably, I don't know, like maybe uh, 15 guys or something like that, and okay. I'm around fourth or fifth, so okay. just uh, trying, to, trying to bridge the gap to get to the front, man. Hey, that that is like your Supercross career. There was Chad and Ricky, and then you were right below those guys, right? Like, like you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's funny. It's it kind of... Same pattern, same pattern, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you're back and forth from Costa Rica and uh, and California a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I I go to California, and every now and I go to the, I go to the races and hang out and check it out. I mm-hmm. hang out with Gothic and Frankie and all the KTM guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know when I'm in California, I um, you know every every moment I have and when I have a chance, I go yep. visit and and hang with with the old buddies and mm-hmm. then uh, take care of you know whatever I need to take care of and then uh while i'm down here for the most part just kind of you know training and and uh hanging out yeah uh yeah well not a bad place where uh where you're from uh where you're born costa rica not a bad place you know <laughs> um, yeah i'm sure i'm sure everyone's heard you know that um it's pretty quite popular that costa rica unlimited and i know a lot of guys uh, come down here to do mm-hmm. those fun tours and all that stuff yeah and uh you know surfing's big and and uh it's uh, 
you know, different atmosphere, but, yep. but it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's a fun tourism place. Right. Uh, you've seen the thing with Doug Henry riding a bike. Uh, Bailey did it one time. Uh, Blair Morgan's been on a bike a little bit. Um, any desire to do that for you? Do, or have you done it? Have you tried it? I haven't seen that, but um, have you thought about that? Yeah, you know, I uh, I don't know. I think it's something that, uh, you know, I, I know, and, and I remember when I when I used to ride, and now you know I have very limited uh, hand dexterity. Uh huh. And and you know, for Doug, let's say he has control of his abs. Okay. So I think that's 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 a big part, and um, and you know, for for me, it's man, it's just it would be. I mean, I've ridden a bike, you know, like in a parking lot, back and forth. But right, right. To go on a track and stuff, dude, I, I just, it's yeah, yeah. just way, way too dangerous. And I think that, you know, I have really nothing to gain and so much to lose. So, yep, yep, for sure. I, I, I feel that it's just, it, it's not worth it. You know, I don't want to be, yeah, for whatever reason, if you know, if things don't go the right way and I get injured and stuff, and man, it's just, mm-hmm. it's a pain in the butt to just be sitting there trying, you know, recovering and stuff and. And uh, taking a long time, I'd rather just kind of, you know, <laughs> watch it from the outside and, and have those guys enjoy it. And, and um, I, I had my share, man. I rode rode a bike for 26 years, and uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't miss it at all. Especially, you know, riding it in this situation, it's it's a whole different yeah ballgame compared well, to how it was before. Yeah, and David David had issues after he rode that one little bit or that little bit, right? I mean, it took a while for him to to recover um so yeah it's not exactly just a, a walk in the park for for guys in your situation so yeah i get it yeah no and, and i'm sure i don't know if i don't know, i don't know if you know the listeners the, the listeners know but um i know like for example like ricky james he had he had his share of uh of problems too you know with his back and i mm-hmm. think he re- broke his back and it's just man it, like i you know it's, yep. it's so much so much things than that can go bad rather than you know just enjoying it for like right a couple minutes i don't think it's worth it um how much you follow in a sport nowadays how much do you watch it how much you follow it like you said you get to some races here and there are you are you one of those guys that's that's just watching it all the time are you following it uh casually what's your interest in the sport nowadays no you know i i i follow it quite a bit i mean i don't really get too involved or or like that, but I definitely, you know, I, I have I have my 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 talks with Gothic and mm-hmm. and um, you know I I see that David is helping um, Ferrandis and and Muskin and yep. and you know I, I definitely um, I definitely follow it up a little bit and and it's funny that you say that because I remember back in the day I used to you know just read read and and see what Hannah used to say and stuff and yeah and uh, man the air has changed and and um, it's 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 easy to kind of uh, comment and, and, you know, and from when, when you're in and the outside, it's to point out things and then and rather than being in the outside and out in the inside and, and uh, having to follow through and, and, and do everything. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but at the same time, you know, it's, I think uh, it, it's part of it, you know? Yeah. It's uh it's a different aspect for sure. Like, even me, like I'm in my twentieth something year of following the of going to the races. I started in 1996, and uh, as a mechanic, and now I'm doing the media thing. You get so wrapped up into it, you get so involved in it, you can't imagine life without it uh, because it's all you know. Um, but 
if I were to stay away from the races for a month, the gate will still drop, you know, and the racing will go on. And, and same thing with you when you're, you know, you're getting podiums and you're you're one of the sports top racers and then you don't go, the gates still drop. And, and it's it's a weird thing to say, but yeah, to step away from it, I, I would think would be kind of weird, but but it but it goes on, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for me, I I uh, I admire these guys a whole bunch, is because you know I did it. I know how hard it is. But um, you know, being an outsider, and now rather than before, you know, when I was when I was uh, competing in it, yep. I think uh, it's a lot easier to just you know see things and point out things, and I think uh, you know it. It comes with, um, and that's why you know that's that's why there's only one Ricky Carmichael, and and uh, you know it was it was tough to line up, you know, and and I'm sure I'm not the only one that can agree with me on this that, you know, he he was so successful, he won, you know, every Everything. single outdoor <laughs> outdoor title that he en- that he entered, and yeah. and uh, you know it seems now like nowadays the the competition it, it is stacked. But there's more winners every weekend, you know. Not yeah. before. I I feel like like Ricky was always winning, and yeah. every now and then like David or or, or before or then or, or before then Jeremy Jeremy won everything, you know. Before that, like it was it was two guys for 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 15 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like a one man show, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, one thing that's changed, man. Um, you were at the forefront of four stroke technology. And, and certainly won a championship on one and everything else. Dude, these new bikes, Ernie, um, with EFI and, and mapping and everything else, like there's no more worrying about a step-on, step-off, about coughing. There's no more trying to like feather the throttle to keep the RPMs up so it doesn't puke on you. Um, the new bikes are, are simply amazing. These guys can pin it and never worry about anything. You'd be so amazed if you were to ride one of these, these race bikes nowadays. You know, yeah. I mean, now, now that you say that it's just it's almost like like you got no excuse you know and 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 it's funny because i hear all these guys trying to get technical and trying to figure out you know like bike setup and all this uh-huh. stuff and it's like man i i don't know i just scratch my head and i think it's like man people nowadays or at least the riders it seems like they complicate themselves so much and they <laughs> you know yeah. act or feel like it's like a a moto gp bike you know where, yeah. where it not i i don't I, you know i don't necessarily feel that bikes set up you know i i you know all these guys that are involved and they're involved in factory teams man they they know what they know what they're talking about and i feel that it's got to go back to square one you know and and everyone's got to focus on just being ready and and uh, the rider being the best that they can be and you know the suspension guys focus on suspension motor on motor and uh-huh. and just you know everyone trying to do their job and 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 not not uh you know not everyone being uh, a specialist at every single yeah um well department yeah um you know in in the course of these teams trying to help the riders out and and get them good results which is all well-meaning and everybody means well in the course of doing these things uh i think they've enabled the riders to point more at the motorcycle as to what's gone wrong because they're literally catered to and and everything else and their hand is held throughout the process that looking in the mirror for racers isn't easy to do because they have so many people around them giving them outs 
you know, Trish, and they're all trying to do their job. The the team are the team is just trying to do their job. But in the meantime, the the riders are a little bit like, yeah, it's not me, it's the bike because this guy told me so or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, but but I mean, but but that just that that for example, you know, let's just go to Honda. Yep. And and I, I feel that man, you know, Honda has all the capabilities of being of being the best. And for how long they have haven't won a title for. For yeah. the longest time since Ricky left, right? Yep. 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 So and, and you know they they hire the best rider and, and and you know what they're doing now it's it's really not going to help them because they're just trying to bring on whoever Ken says and and really you know he's the boss pretty much. So, yeah, yeah, he is. He is. You know what 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 he you know he's gonna he's not going to have. Or they think that he's not going to have any excuses, but then he keeps on bringing different things that are the problems. And and when when really there's not a problem, I mean, he's just got to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's a touchy subject, and and certainly, um, you know, many many riders don't really like when I talk about they just need to ride the bike because I feel the factory teams can get the bike. Ninety percent there, and it's up to you to do the ten percent. The rider. It's never going to be perfect. No, it that. won't be. Never. It'll never be perfect because you can't hit whoops, and you can't stay low in the turns, and you can't hit the soft stuff, and 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 have a bike that works everywhere. You know. Yeah, so, man. So I, it it's hey, the truth hurts, and and it's tough, but yeah. you know that's why it's uh you know like you I mean it's 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 really not not rocket scientists. You yeah. Know, we back back in the day like. When uh, when the 252 stroke YZ was unbelievable, and you guys had a great motor, and we were lacking a little bit of yeah. bottom, and and you know we're we're always going to have problems, but somehow we you know yeah. you have to try to make the best out of it, and I think that's where Eldon is really really good that mm-hmm. he doesn't want to hear you know there's no excuses. It's like you know you're just wasting yeah. time. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you you've nailed it, Ernie. You're right about that. Um, speaking of that, can you believe our buddy Gothic left Honda? Can't believe that. I wonder. Big shocking news, huh? Uh, hopefully, hopefully he's yeah. doing well. But no, I mean, I, I, and and I, you know, I feel that uh, it's kind of a shame for, and I, and 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 I don't necessarily say it because it's gothic, but it's a shame because I feel that gothic, his type of character and his type of personality, he doesn't speak up too much and he doesn't. But I think he's just, you know, a really smart guy, and mm-hmm. and I don't think that. They ever really um, got the best out of him just just because um, you know he yeah. he doesn't want to mention he just doesn't want to ruffle the feathers and and doesn't want to um, lay it out on the table yeah and I think uh, you know he was definitely a, a a great asset to to the team right yep um, yeah I agree uh, but then again too like the traveling gets old too uh, for anybody right Mike Williamson my buddy just he just left Yamaha or Kawasaki. Traveling, Gothic mentioned the traveling. You know, it does get a little bit old for sure. Yeah, so. you know, I think Gothic kind of covers it up a little bit. I think if, <laughs> if they were winning, man, yeah, definitely, it would have been a whole different story. Right, right. Uh, Ernesto Fonseca on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Slick Awash, Alpine Stars, and Maxis. Uh, Ernie, you sound like you're doing good, man. Uh, I'm really stoked to hear that. Obviously, when, when, when guys like you suffer an injury, and Jesse Nelson has talked about it, you know, he went through what you went through years ago, and, and David Bailey has, has, has talked about it. Um, there, there are some dark, dark moments. There are some times where it's, you know, a bit of a pity party, 
And I would understand that 100%, especially coming from a, a spot where you were literally one of the top racers in the world. Um, mentally, though, you're doing well. You sound good. You sound healthy. Uh, you've come to terms with everything. And look, it's been a long time now, but but uh, I'm sure there were times that, that things got dark, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, it's, it's uh, a life-changing injury. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, I mean, from having a... a you know, a lifestyle that you don't really have to, um, or yeah, you don't have to worry about getting up or, or wanting to do something that, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's really, really hard to do now rather than before. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think, um, try to focus on, on the things that you can do and that you enjoy. Yep. Um, it, it definitely makes, makes a lot better. And, and also, you know, find, Finding, finding uh, a sport and, and a purpose, I think uh, it makes it a lot easier. I, um, you know, I've, I've been, I enjoyed this a whole bunch, and like you know, like I was telling you before, yep. I, 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 it's, it's similar. Um, I, you know, I crash every now and then, but it's not the crashes are not nearly as painful, and uh, oh, yeah. they don't get old. You know, like like they did when you know when I, when you used to crash on on a motorcycle because. Um, man, everyone gets older, and, yeah. and you know, doing, doing it ever since, since since I was you know five years old till till I was twenty six, you know, and, and then when you're given so much time, energy, and effort into into something, and you know, being as competitive as I am, and not getting the result that you would like, it definitely gets old. Hmm. Um. Who who's really helped you with advice? Has there been a moto guy that's really helped you? Whether it's David, whether it's Mitch, whether it's Anybody that that, that that somebody that talking to somebody in moto really help you out and, and get you to get a hold of your situation and, and look at it in a positive way? Was there anybody like that for you? No, you know, it was pretty pretty much on 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 my own. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I was I stayed really really close with a couple of moto guys, but just because they were you know they were friends. Yep. Mostly mostly like as a as a lifestyle friend, yep. you know, yep. rather than 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 moto. I mean, I was really. Co- and I'm still really close with, with Frankie and, uh, I'm, you know, I talk to Carlos a lot and, uh, um, and Gothic, you know, yep. they were just like, like I said, maybe not, you know, we, we talk about moto, but you know, when we were hanging out and, and just shooting the shit or whatever, we're not really, um, concentrating on, on the moto part. It's just more like, as a, like, like as a friendship yep. style and, uh, and I think uh, you know you just I just kind of dealt dealt with things um, on my own and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and you know just just did it that way pretty much and I've been super lucky to uh, have great people along the way you know uh, even even now in in uh, in the wheelchair racing you know I, I'm lucky that with my great relationship that I had with Honda um, they have a um, a wheelchair program. Um, and it's funny because, you know, unless you're in a wheelchair, then you'll know that. Yeah. I I wouldn't know that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, those guys have, you know, I'd say the most developed program in wheelchair racing, they they have (laughs) really um, a a carbon fiber wheelchair that it's like, uh, you know, top of the line rather or compared to all the other, uh, racing wheelchairs that are on the market and uh you know because of my relationship with them i'm i'm involved a little bit in that program so oh, that's awesome yeah man just yeah. uh just, just it's it's crazy how how uh 
you know, some things in life kind of just roll into another. Yeah. And yeah. other things. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and Jesse Nelson talking about him. He, uh, I talked to him a little while ago on the show. He's got this passion of UTV racing. And he's found it, and he's he's devoted into that, and he's hardcore into it. You know, he's found this thing that that's helped him uh, helped him be uh, you know stay stay somewhat connected to his old life, which is awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, I, I did see a little bit. I think it was a YouTube uh, clip or documentary that he had, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's great, great to see that he's enjoying mm-hmm. life, and it's definitely that he's you know looking forward to something, and and I think that's. For for the for the most part, and I think that's that's what's really helpful in trying to you know to to be happy and not really focused on the on the things that are com- complicated about the injury. Yeah. Um. Hey. Uh. If someone were to reach out to you, or if someone's listening to this and they're a moto guy and they're 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 in your situation, and we know what happens a lot, unfortunately, it's the risks of the sport. And I went riding the other day on uh, on my Yamaha, and, and you know I didn't jump this one jump that. Uh, I could have. I know I could have. And I was like, you know what? I, I don't want to do it. And, and I don't want to get hurt. And we're all in that situation when you throw a leg over a motorcycle. It can happen to us at any time over the biggest jumps or the smallest jumps or whatever it is. Um, what kind of advice would you give someone if they're listening to this and, and you know, they, they're in a situation like you are? Um, what, what, what kind of things would be helpful for them if you have anything at all? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, uh, like you said, it's, you know, it. Anything that you do in life, in life is dangerous. You know, it's not. It's not just that it's motorcycle racing. I think that uh, um, you know, if you're if you're practicing and if you're riding and you and if you love motorcycle, it's for a reason. And um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, man, when I was in the hospital, I, I I heard stories that it was it was unbelievable. I think uh, if it's meant to be and 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 uh, and it's. You know, it's gonna it's gonna happen no matter what. You okay. Know, I've, yeah, yeah. I I I remember there was a lady that like tripped over a cat or something like that, and uh, you know she ended up hurting her spinal cord and and ended up being in the chair. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything that you do is is dangerous. I mean, you can get hit in the car on the freeway, yeah. and yeah, and uh, you know maybe not not get hurt quite as bad as. Um, as ending up on a on on a chair, but yeah, but you know, I think uh, just try to make make the best out of it, and, and you know, enjoy enjoy life, and, and be as prepared as you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, think about um, the outcome and, the, and and the things that can't go wrong, and and just be aware of, of the things that can happen. But at the same time, you know, I think you once once you you throw. A, your leg over a motorcycle, then you're responsible for it. And and if you're willing to take that risk, man, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, that I think that's, that's, that's probably my, my take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you remember about the day that you crashed? Do you remember so much about it? Do you, do you remember, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, we were, yeah, we were just at this track that Andrew Short and I used to rent in, in Murrieta and, uh, it was a super, super tight, small track, and we were testing for Daytona, just trying to get mm-hmm. the bike a little, a little mellower. Because um, I remember, man, that, uh, that bike was pretty <laughs> aggressive. It was super fast and stuff. But uh, we were just trying to deal with that, and and I just mi- missed time the rhythm section, and I kind of lost perspective of where I was, and I didn't put my um, 
my arms out and I just kind of like, you know, dove into the ground and, and uh, I think that's what made it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Was it a big jump or a small stuff or just clipped it? And No, you know, it was, it, man, I've crashed and I've, I, I crashed like a whole bunch of other times. Yeah. You know, way more, um, or, or at least it would, you know, this is kind of what, what I heard just because I wasn't, you know, it's hard for, yeah. for, for, for me to, to say, but from what I, from what I've heard, you know, I've had really like big, way bigger crashes and nothing ever happened. And this was just something that, you know, the way I, I, um, I hit the ground, I think, uh, it was, it was what, what made it. And, and, uh, also me not putting out the, um, my my arms, I think, yep. uh, probably um, did more damage. Right, right. Yeah, it, it definitely it happens, man, and uh, it's too bad. But uh, like I said, as it, as it sounds like you're doing all right and doing better and everything else. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Ernie. Good guy and always uh, interesting and fun to catch up with, with someone like him. Thank you, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check him out on the web. Formula Helmet is out now. It's a huge hit. At least that's what, uh, that's what I think. Anyways, uh, please check it out at your local dealer uh, and uh, look at flyracing.com. For more information, they've released some interesting test data as to how the fly formula performs. Thanks to Maxxis, MXST tires developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath, and used by AJ Cantanzar out there on Supercross. Uh, thank you, AJ. Thank you, McGrath, uh, for developing the Maxxis. Maxxis.com, mountain bike tires as well. Uh, the Minion, the Minion tire uh, front and back is, uh, is the one to have in mountain biking. So thanks to those guys. Also, uh, I know washing your bike can suck. It's the last thing you want to do after a long day of riding, and it takes forever, but not with Slick Products. The Slick Products Dirt Bike Wash Kit is the very best way to wash your bike. It has everything you need for a faster, safer, easier wash for your dirt bike, which is why it's the only wash the Monster Energy Pro Circuit team ever uses. Uh, I've used it myself on mountain biking and dirt biking, and uh, I absolutely love it. Uh, They have kits for all your off-road vehicles, UTVs, ATVs, mountain bikes, you name it. Discount code Steve at checkout to save 20% off on any wash kit order. 20% off any wash kit order. Code Steve, slickwash.com. And also to Maxis, uh, I I said Maxis, never mind. Alpine Stars. Tech 7 is the Buddha choice for myself. I just heard from a listener the other day that they got some 7s, and they absolutely love them. Tech 10 boot, uh, newly redesigned uh, for 2019, so please check that out. Alpine Stars, you know the name, you know the quality uh, to trust. And also to thank you, uh, Racetech. Chris Blos, Zombie Blos, Zombie Chris Blos uses Race Tech suspension and motors out there. Uh, thanks to uh, Race Tech for stepping up and helping this podcast out. Pulp 19 is the code to say with engine work and suspension work from the folks at Race Tech. Uh, they'll dial you in. Real cool website, too. Check out their website. Uh, it's got all sorts of information for your model of dirt bike or street bike or whatever. All right, back to the podcast with one Mr. Ernesto Fonseca. Let's get back into the time machine a little bit for you, because I remember I was obviously a mechanic when you debuted for Yamaha Troy. Now, you rode Steel City at the end of 98, but you your first ever Supercross, well, you, you won the first uh, four in a row, five in a row, right, when you when you came on the team. Um, yeah, first, first four. Were you – did you expect to do that? Did you think you were going to do that? Number 100, Yamaha Troy, um, it was – if I remember right, Ernie, it was pretty easy for you. Did you feel that good going into the into Tampa that year? Yeah, you know, I uh, in the off season we we put a lot of uh, a lot of time into 
right on the Yamaha track, and I think uh, also the base the base setup for uh, for and I think it's like how it is nowadays. The the base setup for the 125 was was awesome. I mean, we definitely had the best bike out there, and and uh, you know Dean and and uh, and the group of guys that were involved in the team at the mm-hmm. time. You know, we we did our homework and we tested a lot and and I think uh, I was really 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 prepared and, and ready for that first race and also what helped a lot it was this that I wasn't you know there was no pressure I was just man you just go out there and do the best you can uh-huh. and I think God, no one expected no one expected that I would that I would you know do as good as I did those first that first season yeah so I uh, you know I just went out there and practiced and uh and, and you know, I, I kind of knew exactly wh- how the bike worked and how how good it was. And if we needed, you know, um, something extra, and I think Dean, you know, had everything in his notes, you know, like let's put this different pipe. Yeah, and yeah. We had like we had different options on things, you know, that that uh, that can improve the bike. And if it wanted a little bit more aggressive or or not. Well, anyways, and and I think that's just kind of how it went. I think uh, I I. I worked more, I worked harder than Stefan. You know, I think Stefan had a lot more talent, but yeah. he just was more, more worried about, you know, playing video games and doing computer <laughs> stuff. And, and I think that's kind of what made the difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I remember it was all of us were like, Look at this kid! Like he's just gone. Just see you later. I mean, you didn't weigh anything. You you got the, every hole shot you could possibly get on that thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I was super light. I weighed like one one hundred thirty five pounds. <laughs> Did you really one hundred thirty five? Jesus, um, yeah, one hundred thirty five pounds. Right. And, you know, I and yeah. I mean, it's like you said. It was just you know. I don't know. I always say and joke around with with the guys. It's like, man, it's so simple. You just look at the gate. You can drop the clutch and go. <laughs> yeah, like why are you so worried about starts? Um, yeah, I know. Uh, it well, okay. So growing up in Costa Rica, you spent a lot of time in in uh, in America. You on the BSY amateur team, Yamaha amateur team, and all that. But so, if, but if you look at your results, Ernie, clearly Supercross you were better at than outdoors. Um, what? Why was that? Like growing up in Costa Rica, did you only? jump a lot or did you start moving I, I don't know if you rode at mtf or where you rode but did you why so much better in supercross than motocross for a kid from another country that doesn't have supercross growing up you know what i mean uh why why do you think that was i think uh the whole reason for that is just because you know what i grew up uh racing on i think uh down here in costa rica there's you know there are we don't we don't ever have or we have, we've never had a track let's say like Glen Helen. Okay. You know it's yeah, like yeah. A, a three minute lap time. Right. And um, I mean you know down here and, and Colton Nichols and uh, Tyler Bowers and you know even Preston those guys came they've been down here and they they know you know how crappy the the um, the the tracks are down here yep. and it's just it's it, you know they they don't get prepped they don't get watered I mean if if uh, on how the tracks are in the U.S., it's just man, it's 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 amazing. It's just it's like mm-hmm. you're you're riding on you know on whatever whatever you've dreamed of. Yeah, yeah. Your whole life because it's just a perfect uh, um, perfect traction. You know, it's loamy and 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 it's great. Um, 
And I think, yeah, I mean, all, all I ever rode was just tracks were like like Paris, you know, a minute twenty laps. Yeah, time, tight stuff, right? Yeah, jumps, yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think um, that was, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 that's what I, I got the most practice on. Right. By the way, uh, I don't hear about that series down there. Nichols, Bowers, Nick Way did it. Uh, is it not as good as it used to be? Do they not bring American guys down there as much anymore? No, I think it's just that uh, that lady from down here that uh, was spending a whole bunch of money. I think she just kind of <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, she's probably burned all the bridges. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, everywhere. So that all the American writers don't want to. I heard come some. Down here. I heard some stories. I heard some stories. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, they they might be true, man. Right, right. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a good bike, and it was it was you really took the sport by by storm a little bit. Um, when you just, of course, you won the title. You you lost Pontiac. You got second in Pontiac. Got fourth of the shootout, but basically walked to the to the East Coast title that year with against Ron Ron and Sellards and you know a bunch of dudes that Danny Smith, Nick Nick was in there too. So yeah, well, you were well on your way at this point. Um, the next year, did you ride two two fifty F the next year? No, the next year uh, we were we were getting ready for. Uh, well, I still rode the 125, but did you? Okay. We I did uh, that race in LA, LACR and uh, uh, the Dana Derby. Man. Oh yeah. And we there was like a huge pileup, and uh, I ended up crashing and hurting my shoulder really bad. That's that's where Donovan Mitchell got hurt, and he ended up on a you know in a wheelchair as well. Oh yeah, that 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 was that right that yeah, that so race yeah. I uh, I you know I got airlifted out of the out of the place and I had the nerve damage on my shoulder and you know I for the for about I think a month and a half almost two months I wasn't able to race to race up my my left shoulder and like oh okay um you know like like I, I couldn't even wash my hair because I, it wasn't strong enough and I had so much atrophy and so I I didn't really had a good off season and you know I think also that played a big part into my confidence and mm-hmm. uh, just had I, I just you know was dealing with a whole bunch of things that when when things went bad at the first race that it then it kind of just yeah it it was super tough to to get the the ball rolling and and um man yeah yeah, yeah your first I, race you you went I, you I, go eight three four four seven at the first five like quite a bit different from from the start of your rookie career yeah so you know it, it was tough and I. You know, when, I think when you don't have confidence and you start second guessing, mm-hmm. and just, you start and just things didn't go right. So, anyways, right. Um, then it took a while for me to get my rhythm back, and you know, and I ended up just winning one 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 race that year yep. at uh, at that race in Chicago. Yeah, Joliet. Right. Remember that track? That was yeah. weird. That track was weird. And uh, yeah, the dirt wasn't very good. I remember there was yeah. like a whole bunch of rocks and. So, uh, and then after that, that's when kind of when when the whole four stroke thing started coming coming around. So the following, the yeah. Following, the, so the, the following year is when you wrote a four stroke. Now, did yeah. you, did you have a choice, or did they say, "Hey, uh, we want you to ride the, the four stroke"? No, I didn't have a choice. You know, I, uh, but I kind of liked it for for you know for whatever reason. I I felt that. Uh, it was something different, yeah. and 
and you know the thing that I didn't like it was that the bike was so it was it was a it was super you know like a heavy feeling mm-hmm. but uh I, I liked I liked the the power and what I didn't like it was that they thought that the bike was probably better than it really was so they wouldn't really wanna uh wanna test and wanna make it better because oh, okay. they were too scared that that uh that you know that they, that it was going to be dude how even more obvious i just didn't feel that it was that much better than than what they were saying you know but that was just my opinion yeah what about the carburetor and those early things man you had to be careful you had to be careful man, see yeah <laughs> they, 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 nobody ever really said or i mean i mean you know like if you installed it it was a pain in the ass dude you know I, oh yeah I, I lost i i lost how many points at that san diego race yeah, because I can I can get the thing started. Yeah, yeah, and you just had to be careful on on offs. You had to be the thing would burp and fart and back backfire a little bit here and there. Those early bikes, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, but hey, also um, going back to two thousand, it was you, Ron, Ron, Casey Johnson. Who was the fourth guy? Who am I missing? Lytle. Lytle it was a good team, dude. You guys were stacked. <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I mean, you know you, and and i think uh it also there was a there was a good good environment and healthy competition around right around all of us and i think uh you know that that uh that helped helped it a lot because uh you know we want we all wanted to do good right uh how was flipper too he was he was doing well at this point right he was fine he was he was good 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 guy to ride for yeah, I mean Phil was an awesome dude. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know, it was just it was a fun environment. I uh, you know, now that I'm a little bit older and I look at things from a different perspective, mm-hmm. I wish he could have <laughs> he could have been a little bit more sober just because <laughs> I feel that he at least would have been here with us, you know, sharing some stories, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it, it just it sucks because it uh you know, I I feel that the the pills got the better end of them most of the for the most part and yeah. most of the time. Yeah, I never knew him that well. I, I just knew him to hang out with him because he was always at the parties or whatever. He was always hanging out like he was a good dude. But I never worked for him or never you know rode for him, so I didn't really know how his management style was. But I guess it was Dean Baker more than anything holding holding things together, huh? Keo, Keo was. Oh, Keo was there. That's right. The right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keo was the right hand man, and, and he was he was pretty much the you know, uh, the captain of the ship, of the ship. Right. Phil was just, uh, man, he was just fun. He was just somebody <laughs> fun to be around and, yeah. and always sharing stories and talking about, uh, about Elvis and, and uh, <laughs> how much, how much, how much he enjoyed racing. And, yeah. and, um, he was just a character, man. He, he, uh, he, he was, he was a, a fun person to be around, and, and he just loved the sport. Yeah. No, he really did. Yeah, he spent a lot of money uh, helping out riders over the years and, and doing his doing his team. Um, <laughs> he spent a lot of money on, on his own, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. Having fun. Yeah. Um, hey, so when does uh, does Kehoe go to Honda and call you, or is he still at Yamaha Troy? When do you get – when who calls you first for a factory Honda ride? No, I feel that the person that kind of really – um ignited the whole deal was uh oh man uh it was like uh, i forget his name man. 
Um, he used to work at work worked at Cali also. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know who that could be. Yeah, man, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> he was Rhino's mechanic. Um. Oh, uh, Ron Wood. Ron Wood. Yeah. Ron Wood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think Ron Wood. He. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I think he played a big part in the whole deal. He always would talk to me, and uh-huh. he knew he knew uh, my, um, you know, how much of a fan I was uh, of Honda, and, and and that I wanted to write for for the team. And I think uh, that's kind of how everything okay. started. And yep. then from there on, maybe Cliff, Cliff, uh, Cliff had been down here when when I was an amateur, and and. Uh, and and I think before you know we we tried to make it happen, but we we couldn't make it happen. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think uh, you know that's it, it. Just it it just it just and then that ended up ended up happening that way. And I think uh, um, it was just kind of a, mu- a mutual deal. You know, yeah, yeah. they wanted they wanted to make a uh, or to have a strong team, and um, you know they had hired Ricky. Um, then I think uh, they they had Tortelli also. They hired me and then they hired Nathan. And I don't know if it was vice versa. They might have hired Nathan first and then right. me. And um, and and you know that's just kind of how it when, it went. And then from there on, they hired uh, Kehoe. Right. Kehoe was the the last person to hire. So when you said you always wanted to ride a Honda, uh, growing up, then was it just Jeremy? Is that why? Just following the sport and being and just loving Jeremy, or was there another reason? No, you know, when I was a little kid, when I was like five years old, I always used to watch the races down here and uh-huh. see RJ and and uh, I say it was it was because of RJ. Really? You oh, know, okay. I, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, I was like five years old and I used to watch RJ when he was like number one and then number thirteen and yeah, yeah. And I don't know why that always just stuck with me, it stuck in my head and right. And then from there on, I had a great a great relationship with with Osho. Oh, okay. Osho just yep. confirmed that you know Osho would just say, "Man, Honda's the best." You know? <laughs> right. So. Yeah. Uh, that's cool that you say RJ though, because I always feel RJ's my era too, um, as far as being a kid. And dude, he was a bad dude. He was awesome. Uh, I don't, and I never feel like RJ gets a, that much credit. He was amazing for the time, you know. So. Yeah. No. You know, I think people probably just don't go back to history a little bit and up mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, now that, that, uh, that I have more, you know, more time and I kind of look at mm-hmm. like that. And I hear, I, I love to hear stories, man, because one way or another, I think it relates. I mean, it's different eras, but uh, there's, you know, a whole bunch of similarities and things that you can not compare, but at least share and, and, you know, and, and try to, get something out of uh yeah. of that and you know and i always hear about hannah and and roger and and, and david and right and, um yeah don't you feel yeah. like don't you feel like a champion's a champion no matter what era i do you know that's how i feel no i agree yeah. man yeah. i agree we all we all we all face different scenarios and different things you know that that come up but yeah i think once you're a competitor i think it's hard to lose that that um that emotion and that drive, you know. Yeah. And whatever that, and whatever you that you do. So when you're at Honda and, and MC comes back out of retirement and rides a little bit, are you like, holy shit, it's Jeremy, <laughs> he's he's back? <laughs> uh, 
you know, for 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 MC, maybe uh, not so much because I I uh, I shared I uh, I shared a, you know some things that I that I saw that I maybe not so much as a writer but as a person I lost a little respect for him. Okay. Um, All right. Know, that are really not not worth mentioning here, but yeah, yeah. You know, I think that maybe you can you can relate to this, like you know. And and I feel that Shorty was a little bit part part of this. It's like, man, you know, Shorty. And when you have a team, I feel that you have to be responsible for those things. And I think Jeremy just put his name on, uh, you know, on on having a team. But I think yep. he wasn't really responsible when when there when you know when the time was like, man, hey, I got to step up and I got to, mm-hmm. I'm I'm part team owner, you know. And and I don't think uh, thing things were like that. And and uh, and I think I. I um Yeah, interesting. I yeah. Experienced a couple of things like that. Right, right. In my in my career and I think uh you know, it's just it, it's you know, and I think the fans don't really know and don't really see this side of uh of the sport, but you know, I I'm a little a little crit- critical and I guess uh um you know, see things from a little bit different perspective yeah. and I don't care you know I have nothing to lose dude I'm not gonna yeah yeah you know I'll remain quiet just because because uh you know I'm gonna hurt someone's feelings or I'm gonna um I'm not gonna get a ride mm-hmm. or something like that I think you know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah those days are over for you that, right so. yeah yeah um hey so Ricky always had a uh I don't know if he looked at you as a threat uh you know he, he definitely was one of the all-time greats but from what I've heard over the years is Ricky didn't always embrace teammates very well. Uh, he's a very competitive guy, very, very competitive guy. And, you know, certainly – Ricky's a politician, man. I, I, hey, you know, like, freaking guy, now that I see I, I see his comments on TV, you know, he's a freaking politician. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that's – yeah, he. I've heard stories, right? So how'd you get along with him? How was it? No, because – but I think that's, that's a different part of, our, okay. you know – about our whole relationship. I mean, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not, inv- I'm not involved in the sport as, you know, as the way he is. Right. So for him, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, I think for him, it's a little bit tougher first because he's a national television. Mm-hmm. He's the commentator of, so I don't think he's going to say things how he would say it when we were, you know, back at the farm. No, just no, no, like, no, no. Just telling him how it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm sure he, he wouldn't last very long on TV if he did that. Hey, there, um, there you go. So, um, man, yeah, I, I think Ricky's just, uh, he's a thick-skinned thick guy that, that uh, he's definitely a, a different breed, and I think there's not really – many like that anymore I, I don't know i feel that villa was maybe the villa was maybe the last guy that uh that i can you know that i can relate a little mm-hmm. bit damon and he was just a freaking competitor and he wouldn't care what what's around you know he's just in it to to be the best at it and to be successful and, mm-hmm. and, and you know and, and freaking win as many races as he can right um how about Seb? What do, you, what do you remember about Seb? How was how was he to to work with him and ride on the same team with him? Who's that? Dr. Tortelli. You know, Sebastian. Uh, it, it, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because um, I think Ricky saw Sebastian as a threat. Oh yeah, outdoors. Yeah, he did. Yeah. 
And, you know, he was, man, he, I think he was the complete package. He was so strong and he was so fast. And and uh, he had the same equipment and stuff. And uh, um, he was a gentleman, man. He was a great guy to be around. And he was never, he kind of did his own thing, never really, um, we never really, and I think, and I'm, not, and I'm not saying just me and him, I think the four of us that were in the team, we, yep. We were just trying to be as ready as we could, the four of us, and mm-hmm. we never really um, worked together as trying to get better. We were just individually right. trying to get better. Well, and and then Wyndham was over there on a, on a, another Honda team trying to get better and beat Honda guys. Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah, oh. and uh, man, and and how was it? How was it for you guys? I think it was maybe a whole, a little bit different environment than the. And and the blue crew, you yeah. know, you you were part of that and around that era, and I think uh, you guys were the threat. You know, you guys had an awesome team. I mean, it was Ferry, Villaman, and Chad. Yeah, and everybody got along pretty good. Chad and Chad and Ferry fought for a little bit there in '03, um, and they weren't getting along mostly due to some Jeff Spencer stuff that went sideways. But for the most part, the guys got along. They worked well together. They talked about things on the bikes. We, you know, we were all riding. Uh, the four strokes that were not as good outdoors as your guys' Hondas uh, later on. But, um, yeah, the team was definitely a team. It, it really was. But man, you guys' hey, you guys two-stroke was un- Oh, it was good. The best, the best two-stroke. Yeah, Bob, Bob, sure. Uncle Bob Oliver. He knew what he was doing with those things. Um, John R., too, man. Yeah, John yeah. R. was a he was he reti- genius. He retired halfway through my first year there. But, yeah, really awesome dude. Um, hey, so what about riding... Dan Bentley trying to make a CR125 uh, fast that first year in outdoors. Uh, how, how frustrating was that for you? You know, I I got to give it up to those guys. The You know, the, the bike. Was that always the, the deal? When, the when, you, hey, when you signed the contract, did they say, hey, you're going to ride a CR125 outdoors? Oh, you did? I, I No, I wanted to do that, man. Holy shit. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> because I felt that I wasn't as strong and ready to be a competitor or a threat, you know, or um, on on the on the 250. Okay. Um, and you know, I I I gave it. I like I said, I got to give it up to those guys because they tried to make the best possible, you know, bike for for me to, to yep. ride. And and you know, I I feel in maybe. Prior to to the start of the season, yep. I um, I felt that I was going to do better than I than I did. I mean, I, I had some good results there, mm-hmm. you know, up and down and stuff. But I feel that I think that just Stewart and Brownie, man, they were just they were just a little better than me. Right. And even you know, even Grant and uh, um, even Langston, I think that uh, they had a little bit more in the tank. And I think. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, I think that's kind of where where um, where I would say that I just I just I wasn't at that time I wasn't as good and I wasn't as fast and I wasn't yeah. you know probably um, and I I I don't want to blame it on the bike. I feel that if if let's say Brownie would have would have been on 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 my bike, yep. I think you think he would have been up there. Would have had the same yeah. the same results. Um. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the best bike. No, but I, I don't. I don't want to say that I lost or I didn't. You know, win yeah, yeah. because of the bike either. I I, I just mean, Bubba's bike. I, I I you know, 
I think Bubba's. <laughs> I think probably Mitch's bike was better than Bubba's bike. You think? That's yeah. Yeah. My that's just you know my yeah. opinion. I I don't know for sure. And, right. But. Huh. Interesting that you say that. I think yeah. Bubba was just unbelievable, man. He was just like God. Best. Probably best I've ever seen ride a one twenty five. Ah, yeah, it's phenomenal, right? I mean, he's he's just an all timer. Um. Yeah, I, I just remember that whenever I was obviously working uh, 450s, but I just remember never seeing you up front ever off the start, like ever, 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 and just getting eating dirt for 30 <laughs> minutes. Every time I saw you, you just eating dirt for 30 minutes on the on the CR 125. But yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, they, you know, Bubba had one. He had a 125, so he made it work. But <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, Bronny, yeah, Brownie had a 125 too, and I mean, right. yeah, it wasn't. A- Best bike, but yeah. you know, I feel that uh, yeah. And in outdoors, if you don't, if you did, if you don't get a good start, unless you were Ricky or Bubba back then, yeah, that you were, you know, one or two seconds faster than everyone, it was hard to come to the pack. Did uh, did Gothic ever tell you the story in '05 when he worked for Villaman and you passed Villaman late in uh, at Broom Toyoga? Did Gothic ever tell you that story? Yeah, we always used to. We, we, I still joke about to Gothic about, about that story. Oh, sure. you almost caused a about, fist fight between a rider and a mechanic, by Ernie. Yeah. In the yeah, that he he roosted the motorhome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, he was so pissed that you got DV late in the moto. He was so mad. Freaking did because David was lazy that whole season. <laughs> Freaking guy, man. Yeah, no, uh, that and then at the end of. At the end of 03, too, uh, Supercross, it was just Ricky, Chad, you. And same with that outdoors. It was it was uh, Ricky, Chad, you, that whole outdoor, that later in the season in Supercross and outdoors. I remember that. You were just racking up the podium bonuses, Ernie. Yeah, man. Uh, um, I, I, I remember I was riding a, a four-stroke, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or was I still No, riding? you were. No. I think you were no, four-stroke. I was, still, I was riding a two-stroke. Were you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember at Broom Tioga, you know, in like the last lap, uh, Tortelli was coming from behind, and we ended up um, getting together, and we both crashed. And uh, then I got up quicker than him, and and you know, ended up um, getting going, beating him yeah. to the line, <laughs> and ended up getting third overall at Broom Tioga. Yeah, and then Gothic. And Bruce. the same thing. The same thing. You know, like I got. I think it started at Washougal, and then from there on, it just kind of kept going on and on and on. You know. Yeah. Did you have a favorite? So, um, did you have a favorite outdoor track? No, you know, I, I just, I don't, you know, I liked, I liked Steel City, I liked uh, Mount Morris, uh, um, I liked Troy a lot. Mm-hmm. But no, you know, outdoors. You know, because I, I was never really too successful until maybe those two last years. Like my last year racing outdoor, uh, it was when David wasn't really focusing or giving it a hundred percent. I I would say it's when I got my best result. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It, it's uh, man. You look at your your vault on Racer X, Ernie. You have so many podiums and so many top fives. It's crazy. Yeah, I've, man, I I really don't don't look so much at that anymore because for right. me, if, if, if you weren't, if I wasn't getting a podium, you know, I didn't care about about the, about the top five and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I think I was, if I wasn't if Reed or Wyndham or yeah. RC and or LaRocca 
Warren beat me, then I was right right up there, you know, like yeah. you said, top five and stuff. But but man, I was um, not not in the best mood if if, if that was the, if that was the case. Right. Because, you know, you you always or I mean, at least with my personality, I always wanted to to be to be up there. I always, um, you know, I'm, I've been hard on Martin Davalos over the years for, for different reasons, and he, he's a tremendously talented rider. He reminds me a bit of you. He's a smaller guy. He's very talented. He can he can put a timing section together like no other. Um, he can really ride Supercross well. He reminds me of you in a lot of ways, and one of the things I'm hard on him is because he never seems to want to uh, dig deep and get better and really work he hard. He doesn't believe in himself. That's well, his whole problem. He doesn't believe in himself, and and I think he's hanging around the wrong people too. Well, one of the things that I was told by someone close to him was that he's from Ecuador. Now I I don't exactly know where Ecuador and Costa Rica are, or how close they are, but similar sort of country as you know as you guys. And one of the people close to me, close to him, told me, "Look, he's from Ecuador. He's already hit the lottery in his mind. In his mind." Like winning a, a, a four four two fifty supercross races in his career and making hundreds of thousands of dollars, he's already hit the lottery in his mind because of where he comes from. He's content, yeah. He's content and he's at a comfort zone. Yeah. And I, and I think, man, I you know the thing that sucks is that time goes by and it gets tougher and tougher every time. Um, but he he hasn't been able to close the deal. You know, man, he's had plenty of opportunities. And I think he's got, you know, one or two times where he's only has, you know, like a couple races and, and he's right up there in, in the points. But yeah, I, I don't think that he believes it. And I don't think that he feels that he belongs or, or well, that he, you know, deserves to win a title. I think he just gives it way too much thought in his head. And, and you know, I've been around him just enough to where I feel it's like, man, Quit worrying about the stupid shit and just freaking go. Yeah. Well, that that my my comeback to that often is is to point to you, and be like, Ernie comes from Costa Rica. He could have also had the same attitude. Like you know, he could have taken his American dollars down to Costa Rica and 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 lived the high life. But he always tried to get better, and he always you know I remember specifically uh, it was a we were pitted by you at an indoor Supercross race, and I think you got fourth or I, you did pretty well in the, in the main. And you came back, dude, and you started you started throwing something. You were throwing your helmet or threw your chest protect. I don't know what you threw, but you were pissed. And I was like, Oh, I didn't know Ernie had that in him. Like I don't remember what it was. I was just I was like, Wow, I didn't think you got that mad. Because you're a nice guy, you're super you're always smiling, you you know, you had a good attitude at the races. And I always thought to myself, Wow, look at Ernie. He's he's fucking pissed. You know, um and I don't even know what happened. I don't know. Don't know what race it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know that's and you you just nailed it right there. I think you having having the attitude of trying to you know to be better or to, to wanting more. I think it's probably what plays a big part in um, you know in in this sport in the sport of motocross or supercross because I feel that you know the factor is all really close. You know, yeah. I, I don't think that there is one that it's like head and shoulders above the other. I no, mean, no. Um, and I think, you know, the window is open for, I don't know, five or six or seven, you know, 10 years at the most. But I think it's really, really hard. And it takes a special person to be successful for, mm-hmm. for 10 years, you know? Yeah. Um, so, 
I think, man, you, you have to be really analytical and critical about everything that you do. And, and, you know, I wasn't the top, top guy. You know, there was three top guys that are getting the most attention, the most money, the most sponsors. And, you know, from there on, you, you, you're you like, you know, you have the the B guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's if you, if you want to name it, you know, or put a, put a, a name on it. And, um, that's the guys that, you know, don't get much press and don't, you don't hear much of the stories, but, but, um, you know, in, in my, in my, in my situation, uh, man, I was super competitive and I, I want, you know, I, sometimes I couldn't go to sleep being yeah, you know, yeah. thinking about what can you do better to, to, you know, to gain a couple, two or three seconds, or I mean, I would want one, one or two seconds, I would say, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, do things that can improve and that can make you more comfortable. Right. You know, uh, I think that's, you know how it is. I mean, you just kind of just pick on little things that can probably make a big difference or at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah, it doesn't take much at, at that level that you guys are at, right? Um, hey, uh, what do you have um, What do you have for memorabilia? What do, you, what do you keep? Do you keep much stuff? Do you, do you have much stuff at your houses or do you? Yeah, you know, I... I um I have some helmets. I have at least one set of gear from every year. Oh, cool. That uh that I raced with, and and it's funny because back you know, I don't know how it is nowadays, but back in the day, I always used to joke around, and and uh, uh I would always I, I'm one of the guys that always try to keep everything super tight Did and you, clean, yeah, you, and yeah. I take care of my yeah. my stuff all bunch. So I remember Paj back in the day when there was a mud race. Freaking guy would come and steal all of my stack that I was building up to, uh, to build roll-offs, and I would get so pissed off. I always saved. I always saved him, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have a little bit of stuff then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have some some cool stuff, and and uh, I, I kind of need to to build it up a little bit and make a cool a trophy room, you know. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever seen Stanton's, right? Like something like Stanton's, that that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, Stanton's got a cool trophy room, you know, pretty pretty awesome. Yep. I mean, but I think uh, you know, he was he was so so successful and freaking won so many titles and stuff and I think you know, he has um I can't remember. Yeah, I think he has a Yamaha, you know, but I don't know if it was a factory one, but he has a, a old Yamaha bike and I know he, I remember he he has a um a factory Honda from one of his titles, you know, um, which is pretty cool and a lot of trophies. And man, I've heard Everts' trophy room is amazing too. I've yeah. never seen it, no. but I've heard stories. Did you? Um, did you have? Do you have any bikes? Did you keep any? Did you get any? Because I know Chad got his YOT bike. I have. I have. Yeah, I have uh, both of my championship. Oh, sweet! Uh, the one twenty five and the two fifty F. Yep. Um, yeah, and um, working on building some Hondas, man. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. you got to get on that. Yeah. Kehoe's back there now, That's so right. you're in. You're in. Yeah, I don't know about Kehoe. I'm, I'm, I always, I, I always, because uh, he's so busy, man, he doesn't have time for that, but I'm always <laughs> hounding uh, SARS. Oh, yeah, yeah, SARS. Yeah, do that. You know, uh, we, we like to give uh, Lars a lot of shit. Uh, we, fe- we feel like Honda isn't winning because of Lars. That is our new theory that we have out there. That everyone is, it is Lars's <laughs> fault that Honda that? is not what, winning. What, what's the reason? Because 
we just because, the, uh, what what SARS affecting that we don't know um, we don't know we just win. we have no idea it's just a theory we all have that it's Lars that's causing Honda not to win so I I told Oscar that I can tell you so Oscar I can believes tell it. you I can tell you back in the day that uh you know Lars used to take up a lot of time reading Snapple facts when we used to go test <laughs> there we go fantastic yeah, exactly yeah good, good to know that's what he that's what that's what he brought up to the table, man. Every every time we would go testing, he'd drink a Snapple pack, Snapple take pack. the cap off, take the cap off, and and be like, you know how many times a bee flaps flaps his wings? wings? Right. Yeah, you're like whatever, Lars. Just change the carburetor, change the suspension out. Just don't worry about it. Oh, oh. So, man, that's what we used to joke about, and and uh. Give him a hard time with. Fantastic. Well, uh, hey, Ernie, thank you for your time on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Uh, love to catch up with you. Did, did, are you getting a ridgeline through our buddy Steve? Is that working out? How's that going? What's the ridgeline? Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I think, man, I am, uh, um, yes, I think that's going to that's gonna be something that uh, um, that's, that's going to be on, on my agenda. Okay, um, all right. Good I to hear. I talked to him the other day, and, and I, uh, I think Honda's, uh, they're, you know, for all those guys that are wanting to buy a rich line, um, I think they they might they might want to hold off a little bit till 2020 because there's going to be some cool exciting changes on it. Um, I hear that there it might they might have a a hybrid. Really? Huh. I didn't yeah, even know this. You're giving me information on a Honda Ridgeline, and I love Honda Ridgelines, and I didn't know this. Yeah, and maybe it's going to get a little bit of a facelift. Oh shit. Okay, Ernie. So I, yeah, I gotta, so. I yeah, I have to. I need to, uh, I need to hold off then and, and look into this. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe it did. If you got the hookups like you, your uh, <laughs> uh, factory, factory. Uh, what's what's your title, did for, Oak, for Oakley? Oakley Core Athlete. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a core athlete at Honda, man, oh. you might you might want to get a 19 and then. You know, change it up for a 2020 when right. it comes around. Nothing made you laugh more. Athlete. Nothing made you laugh more than when I called myself an Oakley Core athlete. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm glad I could make your day whenever, whenever, whenever you laugh at that. Cash to loosen up, to loosen up on the on the budget and don't don't be so stingy. Oh, does 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 he not hooking you up anymore? Or are you talking about for me? Oh no, just just in general. I don't know. Maybe he's just with me that he's. That he uh, he's stingy and he doesn't uh, he doesn't loosen up and it's it's got a tight budget. Yeah, we, that, that's bullshit. We'll make that we'll make that happen, Ernie, for sure. If anybody deserves right, it, it's yeah. you. So, um, well, hey man, yeah, thank you for the time, Ernie. Always good to catch up. Uh, I really appreciate uh, everything you've you've told us today. And uh, man, best of luck with everything you've got going on in the future. Uh, like I said, it sounds like you're doing well and you got the racing thing going on. And uh, yeah, man, if you're next time you're at a race, hit me up and uh, come say hi. Sounds good, man. Yeah, perfect. Take care, and uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to catch up at one of the races. Sounds good. Thank you, Ernie. Okay, man. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. No problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey,